What's up, everyone? This is Trey Van Camp, and you are listening to the Ministry Podcast. Man, I think we've known each other, Chase, for like over like a year and a half, probably, maybe even two years. Yeah, yeah. We actually, yeah, I think coming up on two years because it was right after uh, my daughter had been born. So yeah, about two okay, years. right on. Yeah, we had connected, um, man, like pretty soon into. I want to say both of our YouTube adventures. We, uh, you know, I wasn't vlogging for too long, but what's really cool is we've connected as as Christian vloggers, and we're honestly there's not many uh, pastors uh, who have who who vlog, and especially two years ago, like when we first started to meet, we were like the few, the proud. So I've got to know Chase a little bit. Um, even, right, that's right. That's even right. even I remember you hit me up. Um, like two years ago and you're like, Hey, you know, we're praying through none of this is official at all, but we're praying about possibly planning a church. And so that's really cool that you, you've planted a church and we've talked a little bit about it. So we decided to, uh, we, we correspond a lot. And, uh, although you did take off, you've been taking off YouTube a little bit. So I'm like, don't know what your life is up to, but, uh, (laughs) I've been appreciating your Facebook posts about your church plant. But anyways, I want to use this as an opportunity to kind of talk about even possibly the highs and lows of church planting of preparing for a church plant. I, I love that time of my life, but I'm also so thankful it's over. You know, it's this combo punch. Um, so I want to talk through that with you, hopefully just kind of give people a little peek into church planting life. So those of you who don't really know me too well, I planted my church uh, three years ago, which is crazy. It's already been three years. So it's really been like a five-year process. Um, one would argue it's been a 27-year process yeah. because, you know, your whole life <laughs> leads up to it. <laughs> Uh, and you kind of use everything. That's right. But yeah, so Chase, tell us about yourself a little bit and uh, kind of like where, because I know you were in Texas when we first met, uh, but like now you are up in, as you can tell by your gear in Ohio. Uh, the the Again, the few, the proud, I think. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, tell us a little bit about yourself. <laughs> and, and you can also tell not just because uh, of the Browns logo, but because it's a long sleeve shirt in May. Ah, nice. Like the... the the winter just never ends up here is what I'm what I'm beginning to remember. Nice. So I think it was I think it was like 44 degrees last night. So. Wow. Well, it's but, uh, uh, it's hot no. here. So <laughs> what is it there? Well, actually, we've had a lucky week. It's like only in the 80s. So we're freaking out. We're like, this is incredible. It's <laughs> like winter all yeah. over again. But go ahead. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we we met when I was going to seminary down in Dallas. Yeah. So I went down. Uh, to school down in Dallas. Um, when I went down there, I actually wasn't sure whether I wanted to be like a pastor or a Bible teacher. Um, and so I was kind of trying to figure out what to do down there. But um, when I was in seminary, I actually got the job as a young adult pastor. Um, and so I was working at a church down there and it was really like a revitalization. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there were probably about 40 people in the church when I got there. And, and, uh, just seeing the Lord move uh, through the pastor and, and just people coming from all over the place. That's sparked kind of my, interest, in my interest in church planning. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and I can't remember, and I can't remember if we talked about this, but I actually did a church planning, planning project uh, when, I was, uh, when I was in seminary. And and I could do it on anywhere in the world, and I chose to do it in a place called Macedonia. Okay. So like a hypothetical church plant. And then uh, I got a call from the church where I'm at now, and they said they wanted to plant a church. And and they didn't know about my project. And uh, of all the places, they told me that they wanted to launch a church in Macedonia. So I was like, that's crazy. Thank God is in this. And so, uh, yeah. so here we are planning. 
And so we are we are in the pre-launch phase, which is why my YouTube presence has been scarce. Mm, the last, past good priorities. Months. <laughs> but um, yeah, so we are launching next March um, and kind of between now and August, just doing all the below ground work and and uh, yeah, so it's exciting. Right on, man. Yeah. Wow. So is it through are, are you planting through a network? Uh, through, so we have a ascending church. Cool. So we have a ascending church. Who, it's kind of like, uh, you know, the the best of both worlds. So, you know, for anybody watching who uh, might not know, there's kind of many ways that people plan a church. Sometimes you have like ascending church and then sometimes you just like jump straight in and just kind of parachute plant. Mm -hmm. um, so our our sending church is like providing all the resources financially, everything. Awesome. So that's great. Um, but not the people. So it's kind of like right in the middle of, uh, <laughs> of, of both of those. And so, yeah. So I, yeah. you're actually taking on their name, correct? But just in a different location. Yes. Is there confusion yep. there? Yep. All right. Like you're, I'm assuming you're preaching every week. It's, it's like in a sense, um, very much, you know, your own church plant, but it's also just like a network of the same kind of church brand. Is that what's going on? Yeah, exactly. And, and and there's a we'll be the uh fourth no, sorry, the fifth campus. We'll be the fifth campus. So right it's on. a there's a few other ones all around and so uh yeah, it's it's That's something we struggled with cool to be a part uh of. because you know, we I don't know how close all your other how, how close are the locations to each other. So the other ones are a lot closer. So the other ones are all within about 10 minutes of each okay. other. And we're, I mean, we're still pretty close. We're like uh, a little over 20 minutes. Away. Right on. Cool. Yeah. So me and my dad's situation, we're like 10 to 15 minutes, depending on traffic away. And uh, when we launched, we were heart cry gathering. So it was a heart cry campus, but in very much, I mean, we were our own church plant. We had our own sermon series, you know, everything, like all the branding was different uh, besides like the name and, um, I think it had to do a lot with my age, but a lot of people just viewed it as a satellite campus. And especially because we met in a movie theater, right, yeah. people really thought, I mean, if I were to do it all over again, I would have done it differently. But people thought, oh, so it's just you're in a movie theater. Clearly, you're streaming in pastor's message, Pastor Billy's message. Why? I'll just right. I'll just drive the extra <laughs> 10 minutes down south and see it the live version gotcha. rather than in the theater. So that's yeah. something we ran into quickly. Um, I think uh, kind of like my youngness didn't help. They just assumed, Oh, you, there's no way like you're the head guy. You're probably just, you know, some sort of campus <laughs> pastor. So. Right. I, I was talking to a guy who planted, so I'll be, I'll be uh 28 when the campus launches. Right so we're about the same yeah. age. Uh, um, and so I was talking to a guy who also planted when he was 28 mm -hmm. and he told me he was like, um, he had somebody come to his church once and say, how old are you? And he said 28. And the guy just shook his head and walked away. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine me at 24? Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Man. man. Yeah. What's funny is, you know, so I, I did mine through the Sin Network. So I passed all the tests and uh, and did all the things. Yeah. And so they greenlit me. But then you think of like, I know I'm not Spurgeon, but Spurgeon planted what, at like age 19 and had his own mega church at 21. So it's not like um, right. I was going too crazy. But uh, in many ways, the one, the one, go ahead. The one that gets me is uh, a Robert Murray McShane. He died when he was 28. And I'm like, are you kidding man, me? I'll be 28 next year. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I use his reading plan. That's insane. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't know that. I thought that. Wow. When did he die? Yeah. Like, man, is he like an old school or like, was it? Re I don't even know. 28, 29, I can't remember. But like what? what era? No, yeah, it, it was old school. He, uh, it was, I want to say early 1900s. I can't remember exactly. Oh, okay. But, That's what I thought. Okay. Yeah, so, okay. That makes sense. 
Wow. (laughs) He did a lot. (laughs) I know. Seriously. Seriously. It's crazy. There's a website that I I don't remember what it is, but it tells you like what all these people accomplished by Mm -hmm. this certain age. I don't know. Yes. Yeah. I don't go to. (laughs) That's so true. (laughs) Especially our era, man. Like, and and what's kind of nice is it's like a ebb and flow. Like there is zero expectations for people in their twenties now. You know, it's like, Oh, you, you have your own house. Like, good job. You know, like you know how to pay rent and you're 29 and have a kid. Wow. You know, but then you read church history and like, and you're like, Oh man. Yeah. That's insane. How funny is that? Well, cool, man. So like so far, what has been, Oh, excited. I'm assuming, you know, Jurgen. Um, he's a YouTuber as well, church planner. So he just hopped on and said, church planners, uh, praise emoji. Hey. So what up Jurgen? Um, the community is a strong one, but so what has been, awesome. I'm trying to think. So, so you mentioned this and I want to encourage you. So you said you have like financial, but not people, you know, as far as them yeah. sending out. So do you wish that they sent people out with you? Um, obviously I'm uh, putting you in a sticky situation here, uh, because maybe they're watching, but like, do you, how do you view that as a positive? Maybe let's go positive here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, so there are people who live in that area, um, mm-hmm. that go to, you know, other campuses. And so, uh, so the other churches and, or the other campuses, you know, they'll say, Hey, if you live in this area, uh, then you might want to check this out. And so, so I don't want to make it sound gotcha. like, you know, they're not sending anyone. Yeah. They're not like raising up a huge team and sending it out, which, which to me, I mean, I actually kind of like it because it forces me to be missional, to be, uh, you know, thinking of creative ideas to, to reach people that are in the community yes. uh, where we're planting. Yes. So, so, so it's exciting. Mm, yeah. I would honestly encourage you. I think more and more people are realizing, especially if the lead guy is a really strong personality, it's very hard to get people to come from like to leave that established place and then come to right. your church plant that doesn't have much of anything. Um, which I still think is so good for Christians to be a part of a church plant, you know, like realizing just the bare bones of ministry and how there's so much blessing that comes from that. But anyways, um, so like, cause we, we received about 35 people from my dad's church and, um, by God's grace, they were gracious enough to stay around as long as they could. But many of them left probably around after a year, definitely a year and a half. I lost most of them. And it was this, uh, if I were to do it all over again, I probably would have told them, you know what, just stay here, you know, because, um, there's just a lot of miscommunication again. Like I still know all of these people, they all still go to my dad's church. So it's kind of a weird, like when I talk about this, it's not a slam against them at all at all. But I realized, I think they realized, Oh, I thought you were Billy Van Camp, just a younger version, but I'm not, you know, like I, I, I am different than him. I, uh, you know, we're different Enneagram numbers, you know what I'm saying? And so like even the vision, like the reason we started a church plant was because we love, I love what my dad's doing, but I also, there's a huge other group of people in a, in a, in a different, really a culturally different area in our city that I wanted to reach. You know, that's the whole point. We started it. Um, if we had me and me, if my yeah. dad had the same exact vision, I would have never left, you know? And so, um, that was really hard. So I just encourage you that like, um, I've talked to more and more planters who have dealt with that, especially those in the kind of the same area. And when they've received people mm-hmm. from the other church, it's almost been more of a hindrance than a blessing. Um, they do say it is smart yeah. if it's like a year commitment, like, Hey, I will help them for a year, but then I'm going to come back home. Like, I think that would have been more helpful for me if we just said that out the gate. Like, I know you're here for just a year. So please help me like train other, uh, you know, 
children's leaders. Help me like start this culture, you know, of like where we really are all yeah. out in worship. Like those things, I think they're super helpful in like starting a culture uh, that you want if they're real, if they're you know, on board with what you're trying to do. And I think they're more on board if they're like, okay, we only have to do this for a year and then we'll, we'll go back to the, to the mothership. Um, I wish, I wish I did that. Yeah. And and, I mean, you talked about, you know, how a lot of people are are attached to the strong personality of the leader and the church uh, that is our sending church. The senior pastor, Tim Armstrong is great and he's amazing. And then also my home church that I grew up in where I have a lot of friends who are Christians uh, that church was uh, Alistair Begg is the pastor. Are so, you kidding me? So I mean, yeah. So that's the church I grew up in. So I mean, wow. yeah, both of these strong personalities, and and so people understandably are attached to uh, to those people, and so. Uh, but it is exciting to see people in the community who might not be attached to a church. Yeah, um, trying to trying to get those. And that's people, the whole so. point of a church plant. It's for those who aren't in church yet. Exactly. exactly. Dude, Alistair Begg, right. really? It's- like you know him. <laughs> Uh, not personally. I mean, he, that's the church that I grew up in. So, I mean, we've talked and met, but, uh, I'm sure if you'd called him up and said, Hey, who's chase? I don't, <laughs> that's funny. But that is so cool. That, so. Wow. <laughs> Dude, that guy's yeah. got quite a voice. Yeah. I know. Right. I mean, I, you'd think after all these years, I would have learned the Scottish accent. That is hilarious. Yeah. Like sometimes I'm like, you know what? I just need some <laughs> Scottish in my life. I'm going to go listen to him. I know he's right? brilliant. He's a very that was man. Way to be man. That's incredible to be raised under his leadership. That would be crazy. Yeah, Listen absolutely. to his sermons every absolutely. week. Right on. Yeah. So so a couple a couple of people are like, oh, so we have high expectations, right? Like, <laughs> so is that in is that in the same area? <laughs> but no, it's uh, it's about twenty minutes north. So okay, um, wow. The, the the sending church is about twenty minutes south. That one's about twenty minutes north. And and the cool. thing uh, you know that I'm not trying to do is just take believers from other churches i don't right. want to you know be a sheep stealer yeah but, uh it's honestly but not good for anybody you know it's like it's not even exactly. good for your church at the end of the day you know exactly huh exactly right on so what's yeah. been the hardest part so far so i i think the two hardest things so um i mean obviously there, there's the pressure and the yeah. the, the nervousness i mean mm. that's that that that's just just something that you that you expect, but something that's exciting because you know I, I kind of thrive in that that environment. But I think the two the two things that I didn't expect uh, the first one is trying to figure out a work life balance. Yeah. Um, you know, a, as someone who's starting, where currently it's just me on the staff. Mm. Uh, I'm hoping to start with myself and a worship leader, which we could talk about that later. But um, currently it's just me. So hmm. while there's all these committed people that. and. and <laughs> Right. There's people who are excited and, and want to be, um, you know, given responsibilities. And I'm thankful for that. But uh, a lot of times it's me running ideas by Amanda. Mm-hmm. And yep. And uh, I don't want to put that pressure on her. Right. And I don't think she wants that pressure on herself. So. Yeah. She doesn't deserve so, that. <laughs> yeah. And, and I mean, that's why I'm, I'm thankful for for this and, and even the other church planners um, who we've planted with. Um, True. They just being able to run things by them as well. Yeah. But, um, that's one thing. And then also, so I've heard, I listened to your sermon. I forget what passage it was even on, uh, where you were talking about race not too long ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, and I thought that was awesome. And so one of the, one of the things that I didn't expect as well, so that our sending church, most of the church environment that I've grown up in is predominantly white. Hmm. And so a, yeah. a lot of people, a lot of people have, 
just kind of expected that I'm going to plant like the black campus of our mm, church. Gotcha. And I'm like, eh, you know, do you know where I grew up? Like, I, I don't want to plant a, a black church, a white church. I want to be a church that's going to reflect the kingdom of God. Amen. Um, so uh, just getting kind of over that hurdle. That's always is, is been that I didn't. That's always been my favorite part of your channel. Like I, I, I love a lot of what you do on YouTube, but anytime you speak into that issue, like I'm always enlightened. That was like the first, that's literally how I found you actually. Like it was, <laughs> um, you were talking about like, okay, so I'm, I'm a, I'm a black Christian, you know, here's what I hear a lot from white Christians and here's how I actually perceive that. And I was like, this exactly. is so good. Like I was just so on board with all of that and it was super helpful for me. So yeah, I just want to so say thank the, you for that for sure. Oh well, thanks. Yeah, yeah. The, the reason I actually picked Macedonia and um, it is because Macedonia, which one, it has a pretty biblical name, right? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh, it, it, Macedonia, Ohio, is in a unique situation because just north of it mm -hmm. are areas that are like ninety percent black, mm. and just south of it are areas that are like ninety nine percent white. Wow. But there's a whole bunch of shopping centers and movie theaters and, and you know, stores where people come from both of those areas and meet in the middle. Hmm. And I was like, hey, why not Perfect. have a church that kind of looks like those shopping centers and, and all that? And so for sure. I love that. Yeah. Right on. So, it's, so that's going to be interesting. So how does that flesh out practically? Because so I something I've been convicted of and that I want to make sure I never do uh, Vance Pittman, a good mentor of mine in Las Vegas, he says every pastor wants to be multicolored, but not many but want to be multicultural. Oh, and good. like I was like, oh my gosh, you know, like we want it for the website photo of like, look, right, we're right. different. But if you go, it's <laughs> yeah. totally a white service. You know, the it's all mm -hmm. Chris Tomlin. It's all so like even just I like to me, I feel like a lot of it is is preaching. You know, like like talking about cultural issues on both sides of the fence and talking about unity, all of that. But what are some other things that you think are helpful of making it a multicultural experience? Is there it's like practical? I know it's not like a one size fits all. It's definitely to yeah. to your context. Something that's hard for me in my context is we are like ninety percent white and then the other 10 percent is a bunch of of different but mainly it's hispanic and so we've been trying to think okay so like my associate pastor is hispanic but i don't want yeah, to be offensive see, I, but like culturally for him he was raised in a, in a pretty white context so like right. he's not you know what i'm saying so like i'm always like leaning on on him but also like you know what there's also other cultural hispanics that also don't relate with you um, exactly. I hope that's not offensive. I know he wouldn't take it offensive, but you know, so, but it's like this, like, how do we really make right. this service feel at home for them as well? Yeah, I, I think so. The two things, um, one, you know, if you're in an area where the, your city is, you know, 99.9% .9 of, of the same race, mm -hmm. then, uh, it, it's kind of, natural that the church is going to reflect yeah. that. You know what I mean? So, cause you don't want, you want the church to reflect the community, exactly. which is why, um, I'm, I'm hoping that it's going to be a uh, diverse. So you don't just want diversity just for, for diversity's sake. sake. Uh, you mm -hmm. want it to, right. Um, but I, I think the two things that I'm, that I'm going for are one, I made a video a few years ago called, uh, called start the conversation. Mm -hmm. And the whole premise of that video is that the only way that you can overcome any racial barriers is by actually talking mm. about it. And so by making it an, an issue, I mean, like you do in your preaching and, and not avoiding it, not making it a hush hush 
kind of uh, that's one big thing. And then the second thing I think is having the staff reflect what you're going for. You know what I mean? Which, yes. like you said, you have a Hispanic person on, on your staff. And like, that's, Asian. That's mm-hmm. good. Yeah. See, that's awesome. And, and that's why, uh, you know, I'm hoping that I don't want to hire a worship pastor specifically based on their race, but I'm hoping but that helpful. the worship pastor doesn't look like me. Uh, yeah. so that, so that we kind of give off more of that diverse, diverse flavor. And so, yeah. So uh, yeah, yeah you're going to even put that in the comments below too. I think staff, that is a great start for sure. You're communicating Absolutely. something. And I think, you know, like they look for that online, you know, like they're looking yeah. at the staff photo. Cause like that kind of represents who you are. Yeah. For us, what we're struggling right. with is like, I really think, um, like a lot of our music is still pretty white, you know? And so like, who, who- Go ahead. Who did you start with, like on on a staff? How how large was your staff to start? Yeah, so we or were <laughs> we were strictly volunteer base. I was the only one, okay. and uh, you know I was tri vocational, so it's not like you know they that they were uh, taking care of all my bills, but I was on staff. I, I still am getting paid uh, uh, a portion of my salary is from Passion Creek. Uh, we had a, a worship leader who's an incredible guy and uh, was free. He's like, this is just my service to the Lord. So I'm like, praise Jesus. Um, so that yeah. was awesome. And then he actually left a little over a year ago, um, to get another job out in Nebraska. And so we miss, oh, wow. we miss him dearly, but, um, it's been a good thing for him and his family. Um, but that's a big difference from Arizona to Nebraska. Tremendously. <laughs> yeah. And then, um, yeah, I want him to come back home. <laughs> I'm like, dude, but right now it's not a good time to sell it. Cause it's so stinking hot. But, uh, you know, in the, in the winter I'm like, come on. Um, but then right. my sister was just singing backup for, for him. And she just blossomed. Like, she's like literally the week before Chaz told me that I'm so sorry, but I, I lost my, he lost his job here. That's what made him look elsewhere. And so, uh, he's like, I'm so sorry, but this is what I have to do. And Shay was like, oh my gosh, like I really, I felt like this was my sister. The Lord called me to lead like worship. And I didn't know how that worked since Chaz was leading. So it worked out great. And she, you know, she actually just led our worship night last night. It was incredible. And then we have a girl, um, uh, that's been in, in the ministry of our church. She's gone to mission trips with us and it turns out she has an incredible voice. They're like a perfect duo, but so she's, so Shay is, um, is on staff now. Not as a worship leader. She doesn't get paid technically as a worship leader. She gets paid as our administrator. So she does a lot yeah. of the admin stuff, a lot of the financial. That's the blessing too, that with us being tied with heart Christ still, it's still def- definitely like, you know, the mothership uh, for us. Uh, literally yeah. like it is my father and mother started that church. So it really is our mother church and father church, but um, they help us with financials still. So that the secretary, um, we have our own budget and everything, but everything flows through them just for accountability. And it just is way easier. It's so much better. Yeah. So I know one day we have to, exactly. we have to move from that, but I'm not, you know, until God gives us a person, they're fine with that. And also I do a lot for them. Like I do design work for them and it's a give and take that is, is pretty great. Cool. Um, but then, uh, yeah. a, two years ago now this summer, I was just convicted because a big part of our thing is, uh, to, um, really reach college students and we're pretty close to a polytech campus which is mainly just engineers and vets and and stuff like that and so um, I was doing where I was preaching cool. I was preaching on Sunday night I was leading a, one of the small groups on Wednesday night and then I was teaching a whole new lesson every Thursday night at the college campus oh, wow. and I'm like this isn't gonna work long term like I know the the you know some people are like I preach three times a week okay me I just can't like it takes me the full week to make a sermon you know like I'm I know just, seriously yeah I'm just too nerdy <laughs> like I can't just like oh here's 
three points and I'm done. Like I have to study the whole thing and it's fun, but like it's stressful when it's more than one per week. Plus doing vlog stuff. Like it's like, ah, you know, that's pretty overwhelming on content. Do you know, uh, you know, Howard Hendricks? I don't. The name. So he's, uh, uh, well, he's passed away now, but he was a, a pastor a little while ago and he was a professor at DTS mm-hmm. uh, where I went. And, and I remember in one of my preaching classes, we were talking about the difficulty and he said, well, you know, Howard Hendricks used to preach uh, six different sermons oh on six different gosh. days of the week. I was like, oh, man, well, that's not me. I'll so. just take. I'll just <laughs> say I'm weak. I, I can't do that. But yeah, exactly. so two years exactly. ago, I'm like, we need to go more into these college students. Like, this is one of our big goals as a church. So I prayed, and then I asked my friend Zhang uh, from uh, – we went to college together, had the same degree. And I said, hey, man, he uh, just – we actually – the job I had in um, – during when I was at CBU, I gave that job to him. I was an, he was an intern for mine as a youth pastor, and then he became the youth pastor. But I said, "Hey, man, would you consider leaving and coming to Arizona and helping me?" And he prayed about it for like two weeks, and he's like, "All right, I'm moving." So it was incredible. So he came, and on the way, um, the uh, Zhang is an incredible guy. He know he loves everybody, and he keeps up with everyone. Like anybody he's ever met, he knows how they're doing right now. Like. He spends all of his days just checking on people. And so uh, his friend that he kind of mentored is Caleb Martinez. And um, long story short, Caleb was actually moving uh, to, to our city and to, to go to seminary and because his girlfriend now wife lives in our city and he was going to do ministry at that ASU Polytech campus anyways, just with a different campus ministry. And Zhang said, no, you're not. You're going to be a part of our church plant. Join us. And so on his way, he's like, it. sorry, man, um, I'm not going to work with you anymore. I'm, I'm going to be with the new church. And so they both went on staff, but I didn't have any money. So we just helped them with, with uh, support raising. And so by God's grace, people help give them funds and stuff. So our staff has been uh, Zhang, Caleb, and Shay, and me. And then we also have our youth ministry is like the definitely the one thing that really ties our church with Heart Cry still is we send our youth to the youth group on Wednesday nights at Heart Cry. Um, just for, you know, it just gotcha. makes sense. It's only 10 minutes for their drive. And so it's worked out. So KJ is also on our staff as a youth pastor. Although, his yeah. whole salary is a heart cry. Like his loyalty has to be more for heart cry than us. So he comes to our church campus once a month, but then the others he's over at heart cry. Yeah. So that's kind of our dynamic. But let me tell you, like I was so depressed the first year. And I think a lot yeah. of it was because I tried to fight it all by myself. Like I didn't, I didn't, tr- I feel like I truly didn't have anybody that, you know, that was on the team. Like I, I like every right. week I was bearing the pressure. Like when people started to leave, um, you know, cause they just were like, this isn't working anymore. We're going to go back to your dad's church. It just crushed me. I'm thankful for it now. And I think it was purposeful that God didn't have anybody else. I didn't want to, like you said, like I cried to my wife a lot, but I felt bad for her. Like I needed another guy to really go through this with. And uh, it was, it was, it was one of the hardest times of my life. And I doubted like, should I have done this? Um, But I'm pretty convinced this is going to be amazing, but nobody thinks this will be amazing. Just that whole pressure. And so the last two years, my life has definitely been not as depressing because I've been able to just spread the load. And it's just been so good. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's something. And I mentioned uh, the other guys. So there's been uh, two other planters uh, who have like really gone out and planted the same way that I'm planting. Um, and then our director of church planting, the four of us, we, we've gotten really close because we've 
uh, you know, can talk through things mm -hmm. and we can talk through things together. And, and it's been, I mean, I don't know That's how helpful. I would do it even just without those guys. Right. But um, I, I, I think one of the hardest things, I, I just thought of this as well, another thing that I didn't really come to expect, but the number of people that I'm thankful for who say this, but that say, you know, I'll come check you guys out when you get started. Mm. <laughs> and, I, and I'm like, oh, thank you. I love that. But uh, we kind of need some people now. to get started. Yes. So. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> So, so true. That that's been another thing that I didn't just didn't really expect, you know. Yeah. It, it's been it's it's a crazy ride, that's for sure. Yeah. So. Hmm. Yeah, that's so true. So your launch date's coming up, right? Yeah. So kind of the way we're doing it right now. So we have uh, kind of these monthly outreach sort of events, which are just purely social events mm -hmm. uh, between now and August. Okay. Uh, in August, we're, we're going to have this big vision meeting where I'm inviting everyone who's even remotely interested, like to that meeting in August, and then we'll start uh, meeting monthly leading up to our launch. So we're launching March 29th. I'm taking uh, Ed Stetzer's advice and launching two weeks before Easter. Right on. So we'll see how that goes. Um, so yeah, March 29th of 2020. So this is what's interesting for us in our context. So I'm assuming the summers are actually better for you guys as far as like church attendance. Yeah. Okay. Because it's, it's nice yeah, out. Because we have the opposite problem. Yeah. So our <laughs> summer is the worst. Like the most faithful people are like, we love you, but we need to survive. So we're going up north to the mountains or we're going to California. <laughs> like, you know, people just, if they have means, if they have money, they're out. And if they don't have money, they just stay inside. So um, it's... That is so funny because it's just the exact opposite. Everyone goes south for the for the. Uh, I know. For the we see them all. Stuff. Yeah. They're, they're, we, we have all the snowbirds. <laughs> Yeah. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. The only thing nice about the summer is there's not a bunch of old ladies driving anymore. And so it's like, no, not the traffic's not nearly as bad. But uh, so our right. summer, we dread it. So in our strategy of when we launch, we launch in January because we knew we needed at least five months of really stabilization before summer coming and just tearing us apart. So what's funny is my dad launched Easter in 2004. And because uh, that's what all the books said. You know, that's what everybody said to do. Right. And it's true if you live in a context where people don't move in the summer. But, um, you know, people exactly. don't leave. So for us, though, it's like, you know, especially if, if uh, Easter, because for them, Easter was April 20th in, in 2004, something somewhere around near there. Uh, and so it's late Easter, very yeah. late Easter. And it was just so hard to survive that first summer. So it's just interesting with that. Like, I feel like so many of these church planning books and tips and tricks, I feel like like what you're saying is so important to talk to people who are in your area because it's just culture is so different. There's not one size fits all. Um, there's just so many different. So did factors. you launch on new year's? We launched uh, January did you 10th. Launch so we knew that they'd be hung okay, over okay. on the third still. So we waited till the 10th. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. Man. But yeah, so it's, it's cool. It's so, yeah, so we'll be launching two weeks before Easter, trying to build a little bit of momentum up to Easter. And then, yeah, uh, like, like you mentioned, people don't run and hide in the summer up here. Actually, that's when they come out of hiding is in the yeah, summer. Right on. If summer ever gets here, since it's still freezing at night here. Yeah. But <laughs> that's funny. That's funny. Yeah. Totally different problems for us. Um, yeah. Oh, I know. Cause yeah. Cause when we lived in Dallas, I mean, it, it blew me mm. away that. You could actually, we went to an outdoor wedding in December, which to you probably makes sense. To me, that's unheard of up here. That's the best thing we in the world. Been... Those are the best weddings <laughs> outdoor in December. That is the best. That's so funny. Oh, uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think of a, uh, man, I thought I just had a question. 
Um, so what do you do? Like, what is your strategy going to be in the winter? So like we have, you know, a different, like the way we split up our church calendar, like we've decided just this year, like I super wish that I know I wouldn't be where I'm at now if I didn't plant three years ago, but like, I'm more confident than ever of like where we're at now. Like I just love our community. Um, like we've learned a lot, but I think something I've learned is recognizing seasons. And so for us, I think there's like three different types of seasons in our, in the year. So like, and it's just a four month increments. So that's why we just started uh, season two, which is May, you know, to August. Um, and so we're like, our whole strategy is different during the summer than, than the winter months. What, what do you, what is your strategy? Do you have one? You well, know, what are your thoughts well, on say- that? I feel like church planning is like growing up where yeah. by the, t- by the time you figure out how to navigate a certain phase, you've moved out of that phase. So true. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so, That's a good point. So actually, <laughs> so specifically for the winter months, I mean, so I was in ministry in Texas and mm-hmm. so I grew up up here, but I wasn't in ministry up here. Uh, and so, um, you know, the, the seasonal side of things isn't actually something I've experienced within a church. Uh, from the ministry side up here. So hmm. uh, that's something that I'll have to talk to some people who have gone through that. Cause I haven't, yeah. haven't done that. So. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. So like for uh, us, we we've learned summer is a great time just to pour into our leaders, you know, like those who are here. Um, we don't have like a, we don't like, so we do growth groups, sermon based growth groups. So it's kind of like sticky church. If you ever read that by Larry Osborne, we kind of took that and molded it a little bit different, you know, f- to fit our context, but uh, that's what we do and it works well. But in the summer we've really found it's a great time for our host homes to take a break. And it's a great time um, just to change up the rhythms. And honestly, people just don't attend as well uh, in the groups just because a lot of them are out of town. So we just do once a, once a week, uh, for a few sessions, like either like four to six different sessions throughout the summer, we do like these leadership workshops. And, um, yeah. so like, we're super pumped about that of just like, okay, um, this is different than the normal groups. You're going to have homework to read throughout the week. It's just like really intense. Like we're pouring into you specifically and, uh, it's been fun. I'm so glad you're talking about the heat. Cause I've really been missing Dallas lately. But uh, you're reminding me why I don't want to be there in the upcoming months. Well, let me argue that Dallas, I think, is worse because our heat is at least dry. Yeah. Although it's 120, so I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Dallas was dry, like, compared to Houston. But whenever Mm, people came from Arizona. Like when people would come from like Florida or something, they'd say Dallas heat is so dry. But if they were coming from Arizona, yes, then. (laughs) So my sister lives in Houston. So when I think of Texas, I, I probably... I unfairly think all of you guys are just super humid. I've been to Dallas a no. few times though, but I was always in the winter. No, Houston's the worst. Houston's like the <laughs> it's like being in someone's mouth. It's it's terrible. <laughs> I hate Houston. My sister loves it. I'm like, I don't know how you can like it. Houston's very diverse though. Talk about that. Like that's it's an incredible place um as far as yeah. that goes for sure. No, I, I I, I hate Houston as well, unless there's someone watching right now who's a worship pastor ah! in Houston that wants to come up to. <laughs> well, they probably hate Houston too, right? Right, yeah, that's true, that's true. Well, my brother-in-law is a worship pastor in Houston, but I don't think he's leaving. I think he's uh, yeah. he's doing nice and fine at their huge yeah. church. Yeah, my, uh, my best friend from Texas, um, he was a former worship leader at the church we were at, mm-hmm. and... I was trying to get him to come up and plant with us, but his wife was like, you know, Texas winters, Ohio mm. winters, you know, I'm not. <laughs> yeah, so we lose that every time. I forget that. I have I got so many no's. I asked everybody to move here. 
And I didn't even yeah. feel guilty about it. But I'm like, can somebody, <laughs> like, we need something. And thankfully, Zhang and Caleb came. Um, it's yeah. a huge commitment, but I'm like, you know what? I'm going to ask. Like, you, when you're in church planning <laughs> you phase, you got to ask, ask, ask. That's right. That's right. So so when did you start um, YouTube in, in the church planning process? Like, were you on YouTube before you planted? I can't remember. See, that's why I, I'm I'm... I'm not allowed to say, but like I'm envious of where you're at because I waited a year. So I didn't even gotcha. I didn't even watch YouTube till October of twenty sixteen. Um gotcha. and and then I started November of twenty sixteen. I didn't even know about vlogging uh that whole time. People are like, I don't know, I just never knew about it. So I wish <laughs> I would have started from the beginning. I had a few videos, uh but they're more like the old school. Hello, everyone. This is the update of our church plant. And, you know, it's just like with the green screen right, background. Right. Like it wasn't, it's nothing yep. as good. So uh, I think that's really cool. You get to document that. I'm, I'm bummed that it didn't start from the beginning, but oh, well. Yeah. And it's been cool. I mean, I told you I, we're kind of taking a break from our channel, but we've still been vlogging. We just haven't oh, cool. edited and posted everything, but, uh, so, so it's cool when I finally, whenever I finally get the chance to go back and edit what we've been doing. Well, let been, me speak into that too. Uh, I, I think um, something that like I really noticed uh, kind of a trend in YouTube and I really love it is really that more documentary style, you know, like longer form, but it's very much of the document tray, no documentary style. Yeah. And like, <laughs> so there's been things that have been going on in the life of our church behind the scenes that, you know, there's always stuff you're not allowed to talk about yet. There's always stuff like in the future yeah. and, and thoughts and processes and plans. So right. I've been creating a lot of video lately where it's like, I don't know if I'll ever release this. It really depends on this, that, and that. And there's just so many things, but it's really cool to think about, like, I have just the saved folder of different categories of like, if this works out, this is going to be an incredible yeah. documentary to make of like a 30 minute. Here's the whole journey of how we got here. So I think that's really cool. You know, it doesn't have to be this. I'm trying to remember. Update. Was it you who said that you don't delete old footage? I, I don't delete any old it? footage. It's a very expensive hobby. Uh, <laughs> I have a lot of hard drives, but I just, I, I don't know why, but I just always, especially I've, I found, I, I really uh, was thankful for it. Cause when I made, usually I don't know how I'm going to do this because I'm coming up on documentary 300. I'm three videos away from <laughs> nice. that. That's awesome. And what's fun is to do recaps and it's really hard to do recaps of like old, like, you know, talking head or whatever, because usually I have some sort of music in the background exactly. from the old video. Yeah. So when you try to compile yep. it, it's all weird. So I'm like, I want to keep all the raw files so that I can always just, I can change like the, the yeah. background music cool. and change the settings. So that's like the desire. I probably should do a better t job of like, you know what? Nothing was from that footage. I'm just going to delete it right away, but I don't, I just, <laughs> dump it all yeah. and then just start editing. <laughs> see, see, my problem is I have all these SD cards, which was fine until our daughter got to the age where now she can grab them and move them around. And so I need to transfer everything from those SD cards to the hard drives. But mm, gotcha. Yeah. We've only done, Go ahead. we've only done one recap video and, and I ran into that same problem where there's the other music going through and yeah. 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 So, I mean, it's really such a, like, I'm doing all of this for probably like five videos, you know? <laughs> like, but it's just, it's a Casey Neistat inspired thing that I do. I think it's really cool yeah. to look at his hard drives and it's all the different years. And that's cool. That's cool. That is cool. And I'm probably, yeah. I'm, it's probably an arrogant thing of like one day <laughs> somebody's going to take all this footage and make a movie. <laughs> I'm going to make sure you have everything at, at, at uh, right. your fingertips. 
So hey, yeah. and then they can use your they can use your movie trailer videos as the trailer for that documentary. So. Well, thanks for mentioning those. <laughs> those are my favorite things to make. I think they're so uh, fun. They're awesome, man. You you've done two. I've done two now. Yeah. Yeah, I think those those and the um the the intro video for your church that that was awesome too. So thank you. I've been getting a lot of love from that lately. What's kind of yeah, funny is yeah. that I made it and nobody said anything for like three months. I was like, I think this is kind of <laughs> cool. And then just this week, I was you know got a shout out from Sean Cannell on Carrie Newhoff's podcast. So um, <laughs> there you about go. That video. Don't, like, don't you love don't don't you love when you make something and then it doesn't get traction for a long time and then like you're like oh, yeah. Now people are seeing it. Yeah. I've, I've had that happen in the positive side, but then also mm. uh, one of my videos is, is getting a lot of hate right now. So, Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Randomly, yeah. a video I made two years ago, Disneyland Stereotypes, uh, blew yeah. up like just out of nowhere like a month ago. I'm like, how? What? Yeah. So, yeah. But that's what stinks. Like, I, I kind of am trying to lean into making more evergreen content that way. Um, but it takes yeah. more time. So it's either like, do you vlog three times a week and just raw? And I think that there's something to that genre that's great. Or do you spend a little extra time making these where it's evergreen and like, you know, it's always searchable. But those are hard to think of. Yeah. And I want to say as as we've been, you know, turning our attention to to start vlogging again, uh, my wife has actually been the one who's been kind of like, when are we going to start vlogging? Let's do it again. Mm. And so that's been. That's been awesome. That's cool. I was actually even discouraged just the other day. Casey Neistat tweeted that the vlogging genre was dead. Yeah, I saw that. You saw that too? I was like, what does he mean? But then I think in the context of saying daily vlogging, which actually I think YouTube doesn't reward as much anymore as it used to. They used to say like upload every day or else they'll suppress you. You know, which I think, honestly, I still think with us just uploading Christian content, there's already, uh, we're fighting a war. Like I... I saw like the tags I use and some, and on the vid IQ, it says, Ooh, God, this is as offensive. Just using the tag God is offensive. We suggest you removing this in order for more people to see your content. I'm like, yeah, like God, (laughs) not even Jesus, you know, like to me, God, like there's a lot of people who worship God, you know, I know, especially if you put a lowercase G. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So I don't, man, that that's hard. Um, but I, yeah, but anyways, I don't think it's dead. Um, honestly, here's my theory. Um, want to know what you think. I do think it's been refreshing that people have been trying new things. I also am annoyed that YouTube, for me, my suggested videos is ESPN, which I watch a lot of it. So I guess it's my fault, but it's all network television stuff that they splice yeah. into five minute things and tell me to watch that. I'm like, I want creators. Like I, I want to see what other people are doing. Um, that's getting more yeah. and more frustrating. No, I, I agree. I mean, I, I almost wish, you know how there's there's the kind of music side of YouTube as well. I wish there was another side for celebrity YouTubers that they kind of kind yes. of have their own space. Like, I and, love and Will Smith, but he screwed do. up a lot of stuff. <laughs> no, for sure. And then the other thing I thought... Right, right. Yeah, that's where I was going. Yeah, the other thing I thought was, um, I think daily vlogging is over because I when you watch like the famous people, I, I think, man, there's a lot of books I've been reading lately. Um, about uh, secularism, like our, our secular age and, you know, the problems we have. And we really are in a um, purposeless culture. You know, like when you, you know, when you take away God, take away mysticism, like if ev- yeah. everything's about life now, you really do miss out on purpose. And I think when you daily vlog, it really exposes that. And I think people get exhausted and they also think, what videos do I make? What do I, and it's this constant 
there's just so many videos like I'm making this video because I don't know what to make, you know, and it's like it's because like yeah. fix your life, you know, like if like what I love about the church planning journey is like this is a purpose. This is a destination. This is me living my life like I am going towards a goal and this all makes sense to me. And you can stay encouraged of like, oh, this is just another stepping stone. I'm living out my purpose. But when you don't have a purpose, that vlogging has got to be the most depleting thing in the world. Yeah, I mean, because you're chasing an endless high because especially, you know, once if money starts to come in with vlogging, then you're using that money to try and top the last thing you did. And it right. just, it's, yeah. So, no, I agree completely. Do you listen to, not not to not to shout out another podcast on your podcast, but do you listen Go to uh, this cultural moment? Oh, dude, yes, of course. Yeah, I'm yeah. obsessed with yep, that. Honestly, exactly. <laughs> this cultural moment started like, it might be that podcast that has started like a dramatic shift in like all of my readings and like all of my life. Seriously, I can't say enough about that podcast. Um, yeah, that's yeah, good. So that's the book that actually got me on to um, How to Not Be Secular by James K. A. Smith. Have you read that? Okay, I haven't, but I've heard of it. That one's really good. Recapturing the Wonder by Mike Cosper is like a brilliant analysis of that as well. Um, just like it's really, it's, it's been able to help me speak into our cultural moment, uh, uh more than ever. <laughs> I, it honestly hasn't improved my, my preaching, I think for sure. So I, I don't know if, uh, if Amanda's watching right now, but she's probably terrified thinking I'm about to go buy a bunch more books after your suggestions. Dude, you don't <laughs> even know, man. So I'm on this weird, uh, two books a week kick. So I have the last... Oh man. I think the last 12 weeks I've read two books a week successfully. That's awesome. I've been smart about the books I've been picking, (laughs) you know, like, I'm like big book, little book, you know, like trying to (laughs) combine the two together. Um, but I've been reading a (laughs) lot of Willard, a lot of James K. Smith, a lot of, um, man, who else? It's just been fun. A praying life by Paul Miller just kicked me. Like it was just incredible. When's your book coming out, man? When's my? I talked about making a book one, and now I'm like, nope, I'm stupid. There's no way I can do it. I don't know. I thought I had something. Well, you just got to figure out how to put Trey in the name, ah! and then you'll be. Then I'm <laughs> then in. You'll be good. Well, okay. Actually, um, I need to stop talking about myself. But but actually, I've always said this. I think it'd be so funny. So my full name is William Trey Lamar Van Camp the Third, right? I have always said I want to make multiple books with totally different topics and I change my author name because I can. So like I want to do <laughs> it. <laughs> yes. So I want to do a theological book and call it WTL Van Camp. Like that's who wrote that book. But then like, I mean, I don't know. A, a like, fiction book just by Trey or something. Yeah. You know, like, you know, like how to live in urban context by Trey Lamar. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like I got, Wait, I, I can flex Lamar. How do you spell it? L-A-M-A-R. Hey, that's my middle name. Except no way. I put an extra R, but yeah, let's Lamar go. Jones. Boom. <laughs> there we go. So, we I go. mean. First other Lamar I've met first white lamar you've ever met probably <laughs> right yeah, yeah yeah actually actually my dad's middle name's lamar so i guess i can't say it's the first right one. well <laughs> my dad and my grandfather obviously because i'm the third but i'm always like why'd you come up with lamar great grandma what's that i love it so i got trey lamar I, going for me i got all you know i can i have alter identities yeah i asked my grandmother where she got lamar and she said she didn't know so <laughs> yeah right um so sean but, sean weekly just put uh i just finished paul miller's book you're right kicked my butt as well like 
That was incredible. So actually, as a church planner, I'll give you this advice. Um, something I've been doing recently. Um, have you ever used... I used it in seminary. Um, qu- uh, qu- Quicklet? Is that what it's called? You know that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so Quicklet. Or you're, talking, you're talking about like the quiz? Quizlet. The Quizlet? Quizlet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so it's like a note card app. So what I've been doing is I've just been one by one since that a praying, uh, what is it called? A praying life by Paul Miller. I just been writing couples names or just people's names. And that's like the front card and I tap on it. And then I have a couple of prayer points for them and then scriptures to pray over their life. And so I just been going through that every day of like, it goes in order. And so I just know like every month I'm praying for all of our people at least once, probably twice or three times. Um, that's been like really life giving for me, and I, that's just something I just started recently from that book. He had, he suggests using note cards, and like I don't do that. Like I don't do really? real note cards, you know. <laughs> but um, the app has been like a really good practice that I uh, I I wish I started sooner. That's good, man. Yeah, and I think if yeah, you start good. right <laughs> away, you know, you're able to really get everybody's names and kind of even have like categories of like people who are far from God. You know, let's pray for some of them and those. Yeah. All of that. Um, I even have prayer points of like, here's what I want for our church, God. You know, so like, like for your example, like worship leader. I don't know who that is, but I'm here's the things I am praying for that person right now that I you know find them soon and all that. So it's funny for our story is I prayed for a worship leader. I was freaking out. We were three months away from launching. It was already public, and I still didn't have a worship leader. I even had one yeah. person like, you're in a movie theater. Just, you know, just throw up Chris Tomlin music videos. I'm like, oh, my gosh. It's like, <laughs> you've missed the point. Um, but maybe that's what I'll right. need to do. Uh, and uh, it turns out the guy who was in my, uh, the, oh, I've already talked about him, Chaz, but he was already in my Bible study at that time for eight months, meeting at my house once a week. And he never told me he could sing, and he never told me he could play guitar. But he finally, I brought it up to the group and said, guys, we just need to pray, like, for a worship leader. Like, this is getting close. And I just literally, yeah. I just need somebody who can sing and play guitar and after he goes um did you not know that i do that i'm like no and then he was like incredible so you never know you might have already been meeting your wow. worship leader for the last yeah. eight months that's true hey how, how did you pick the uh, the movie theater we actually that was actually my first uh first hope but then the movie theater in the city that we're in uh it opens at 10 a.m on sundays so doesn't necessarily work why not why wouldn't that work well, uh, does it have to work? I thought you have to be in and out before the movie theater starts. Not us. Or opens. So, uh, oh, really? Yeah. So our service starts at 10, but they they open at 9. It's actually been really, oh, wow. it's actually really good that uh, theaters are playing while we're there. It gives us extra exposure. It's yeah. free marketing. Um, so we've actually come to like it. Although there's a different kind of person who goes to the movies at 9 a.m. in the morning on a Sunday, <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> most of them are in their PJs. So they never feel like, oh, I can just slip into church. <laughs> but a lot of them are like, right, oh, right. so you meet here every week. And so we've had quite a few that came that were like, yeah, we were at, That's cool. we just went to the movies last week, but we really feel like, hey, I'm going to try this out this week. Um, so okay. we're really strategic, um, about where we wanted to plant, you know, it's not just anywhere. So, um, my dad, again, has like the southern part of Queen Creek, and that's a lot of blue-collar workers, a lot of cowboys, and that's totally who my dad is. Like, it's just perfect. Like, he he's from there, too. Like, you know, he represents the culture through and through. And so we knew that northern part of Queen Creek was kind of new, developing. Um, that's where the marketplace is. That's where the movie theater is. Um and around that area is a bunch of new neighborhoods are popping up. And it's a lot of people who are like engineers that drive in to work to Intel. Um, it's just younger families who don't have enough money to live in Gilbert, but 
Queen yeah. Creek is still nice enough where you're kind of getting all the the luxuries of Gilbert, but not having to pay for Gilbert. Gilbert's a kind of a little bit higher up middle class uh, than we are. And so, um, and also next in this marketplace, really close by is that Polytech campus. So we've always said, okay, here's on the map, here's where we need to meet. I don't know where exactly. Um, and so when we started planting, they actually had opened up the theater six months before we launched. And so right when they launched, I told gotcha. them, hey, we're interested in, in, in launching. So I talked to some uh, church, uh, you know, movie theater pastors, got some wisdom mm-hmm. um, from them, some great, huge benefits. I get kind of frustrated in people who are like, well, I would never do a theater. I think there's some benefits there. Um, you, never have yeah. to, you never have to set up chairs ever. It's just there and they're really nice. The screen is huge and actually use it. Um, we actually uh, were able to, we were gifted a, a pretty expensive projector um, from the North American Mission Board. They gave it to us. So we're able to fill the whole screen. It looks really nice. That's awesome. Um, you know, like it smells nice because it's a brand new theater. So it's not that old, gross vibe. But we quickly learned that like we need to make it look not like a movie theater. So we put lights, yeah. you know, we put curtains up and we have lights going around. Like we try to break the vibe. Another thing that's hard is in a movie theater, people are used to just coming and sitting down list receiving and then leaving and there's not a lot of space for hanging out so we've tried to be like continually just creative about what we do with that um a big part of it is just inviting people to go eat after you know like that's where genuine relationships happen anyways not necessarily just the hi good to see you you know so uh so that's been difficult honestly pricing wise it's a little bit cheaper than the schools so yeah we enjoy that so so i did not I didn't even know that you that you could be in the theater um, at the same time it was open. So it's but, up to your. But theater. one of the things I love about the theater, mm-hmm. yeah, I guess that's true. One of the things I love about the theater idea, and also for schools as well, is you're getting people who might not want to step into a church. Exactly. You know, which I th- that's that's one of the, the amazing things about church planning. So many people are comfortable. Like that is, you know. Um, other books I've been reading, we're such narrative creatures, right? Like we, we learn our lessons through stories. And so I think yeah. one of the biggest religious areas is the movie theater. This is where we get our worldview. It shapes our worldview completely. So I love that. Like, I feel like Paul would have started a church in a theater. Like, you know, he goes, where, wh- yeah. where, where are people's minds getting formed? Okay, let's go there. And then let's, let's, well, I mean, let's he, share he the did, greater story. Did he speak in the theater? True. Touche. Touche. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that, 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 I think there's something poetic about that as well. And, uh, it's so yeah. true. People enjoy the theater. And another thing that like I put in my welcome video is we really stress. And even on like the welcome video video page, like other things to know is we actually try, it, it helps and hurts us, but we try to create an environment where, cause like our generation is so, um, terrified of social interaction. So I think the theater actually provides this, I can slip in, slip out, um, which isn't always great, but it is. I think it's helpful for people who have never been to church and they kind of have this, like, I know how movie theaters work. I know where the seats already are, you know, and I can just come in a little late and leave a little early and I can just say I checked it out and right. then they start take, staying a little long after. So it is strategic that way as well. That's good. That's good. Hey, That's real good. Yeah, just community's not naturally formed. It's it's a little bit harder uh, to make them stick around. But people like Zhang and Caleb have helped a lot with that. Of just like awesome. You know, we're going beyond this for sure. Man, I, I love that. I love that. I, I just love. I mean, 
it's kind of like YouTube where, you know, once you start to meet other Christian YouTubers, you see like there's this whole YouTube community and, mm-hmm. and hearing all their stories about their channel. I mean, it's similar with church planning because uh, even with within pastors, not all pastors understand what it's like to be church planners. And so I love hearing right. stories of, you know, where you've been with your church, what's going on and other church planners as well. Yeah. So fun. Yeah. Because didn't you find a place? Um, Nordonia, right? Is that? Yeah. So, like a, so Nordonia. So we're planning in Macedonia. So Macedonia is the city that's right there, but Nordonia is the community. It's the school district, okay. which is made up of Northfield. That's the Nor mm-hmm. and Macedonia. So I Nordonia, thought that was cool how which, it combined. That's neat. Yeah. yeah. So I, I like that. I didn't make it up. I heard someone say, that's weird. Why would you call I thought that? you made it up. <laughs> no. So that's the name of the school district, Nordonia Hills. There's another one as well, but gotcha. uh, those cities together make up Nordonia. Uh, and so that's so we changed the name just because we don't want to only reach Macedonia. We want to reach all the surrounding cities cool. as well. Um, but so, so where yeah. are you meeting? Did you find a place yet? Uh, so I'm actually meeting with the superintendent of the schools next week. Cool. I'll be praying for that. And my viewers and listeners, yeah, make you. sure you pray for that as well. That's a big, big step of the yeah, process. Next, next Wednesday morning. So right on. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. A church planning friend of mine, he just met with a school, brand new school. It's opening up and the bummer is the, uh, there's a satellite campus nearby and has way more money. And, uh, even though he asked first, they're like, I think we're going to give it to these people. It's like, oh yeah. <laughs> man, I'm so sorry, man. It stinks. Oh man. Yeah. I was talking to a guy who, uh, was going to launch his church in September in a school and, uh, they had everything locked down. But then another church similar with more money swept in and and they launched an Easter in the school. Oh, wow. So all the people that he had been telling, you know, started going, oh, I guess that church started up. Oh, to the man. Other one, so. It's so hard. That, <laughs> yeah, there's some pain there. That's my dad. Uh, when we were uh, we were doing really well. And then um, my dad, he actually was in six different locations before he got his building and uh, moved a lot. But one of them we had to move we got a two weeks notice they're like oh yeah this other church even though we had been there for two years yeah this other church they just they just said that we'll we'll give you double whatever you guys are giving and so they didn't even give us a chance to match even though we wouldn't have matched them so we got kicked out two weeks notice and a lot of those people were like oh i guess that church just died it's like nope we just had to move way up more north because there was no other place to meet that was a really hard time and it's hard to balance that, you know, the mindset that it's it's definitely not a competition between churches at all. Mm. But at the same time, you know, you're trying to do what you can to grow. And uh, I had the privilege of preaching at one of the churches uh, nearby within the same community. And one of the things I told them is, hey, like if every single one of these churches, like ours included, was running like three or four services, there'd still be tens of thousands of people in this community that yes. need to hear the gospel. And so trying to keep that at the forefront of everything we do. I heard it's difficult. Yes. It's what we're trying I heard to do. Rick Warren talk about that once about how he went and he literally researched and studied and found out how many, um, each auditorium of the church, how many they seated and assumed if, if they all had three services and maxed out every week, they're like, we would still only have like 7% of the community. Like when you do the math like that, it's like, guys, we have so much more work to do. I like looking at it that way. It is hard. And I, I do want to, I want to remember if I ever, you know, if we ever get huge or whatever, I want to make sure that we're always thinking of the little guy, you know, like I, I just, there's so many stories of us church yeah. planners who it's just cause we're starting, you know, it's not that like we're inferior in any way. It's just, you have to start somewhere and you know, you can't compare a three yeah. month old to a 20 year old and just assume, Oh wow. Exactly. You know? And so, um, 
I just feel like uh, it's so important to have those relationships with all the pastors in the area and be like, hey, guys, like, you know, they said another church. You know, like I would ask like, oh, like, hey, by the way, we, we kind of want your place. Like we didn't even get a uh, heads up. It's just, oh, <laughs> we have more money than you. See ya. So I, I hate that competitive yeah. heart. And it just I mean, it's just, oh, it's super stressful. Yeah, I, I heard of a church plant once. I won't say where it is, but uh, there was a church plant that uh, they sent a mailer to everyone in that city and said, hey, you've heard of this church, this church, this church, just named all of them and said, you probably won't like that church. So come to ours. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I was like, oh, come on, man. Yeah. No, God's been working a lot <laughs> in my heart in that. Like I like I uh, I passed two churches, uh, my dad's and then another on my way to the theater. And every Sunday I've like, I pray just that blessing upon blessing upon that church, you know, on my way to mine. Like, I'm like, if I'm honest, my heart would rather all those people go to mine, but you know, like I, that's not okay. So I'm like, I'm like, well, the best way to change that perspective is just to pray it, you know, and just believe it. And I love that. And, uh, yeah, that's a true, especially when you're first starting out, like you, you want to say it's, it's not competition, but you're terrified that they'll kill you. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? It is. Yeah. It's this weird. It's terrible. We're just uh, we're finite creatures, and that kind of stuff stresses us out. But I love that whole theology of the God of abundance. You know, just because yeah. their experience abundance doesn't mean that you won't experience abundance. Like those, God is so abundant. He owns. Mm-hmm. I love you know like the Psalms that He owns the 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 cattle on a thousand hills. And then I think it was Spurgeon or somebody else also said, and he also owns the hills, you know, like he has it all. <laughs> and, uh, don't worry. Don't don't because someone else is, is succeeding. Doesn't mean you can't. Yep. So, so I'm gonna put you on the spot here. Uh-oh. If you had one, one piece of advice for a new church planner, uh, having, having been through it, um, you know, you're kind of moving out of the, the plant phase to where yeah. you're a church. Um, run I'm just kidding <laughs> just kidding um <laughs> I would actually I'm glad you asked that so I think you can really get caught up in the church plant and you can get caught up in marketing you can get caught up in just making it work that you almost forget your chief job is to shepherd souls and like I think spiritual formation needs to be um, high in the priority list right away. Like I feel like um, so many, and I don't want to drag anybody under the bus, but a lot of the church plant meetings I would go to, it was always strategy. And mm, yeah. that got really tiring really fast. And it really depleted my soul a lot of times. And, I, and I've been to, and I hope, if they're listening, I've been with a lot of different church planters. I mean, it's not always just the same guys. And to be honest, I think a lot of it was my own insecurities and my problems that I projected onto them. Maybe they're in a great spot where, you know, Oh, let's just talk strategy because of the short time we have together. But I think, uh, talking about Jesus more than anything is really good. (laughs) I think, um, looking at your own heart and like really forming your own soul and just making that the biggest priority um, is huge. Like something we do as a church. Now we just finished our 21 day practice. So again, our church has three different seasons in the church calendar. So at at the beginning month of every new season, so January, May, and, and, uh, September, we do a 21 day prayer or a 21 day practice where it's like, okay, let's focus on Jesus. Let's do these practices. Like, how are we being hospitable to our neighbors? How are we taking Sabbath rest for our soul? Like, I think Sabbath is so ignored in the church planning phase. 
Um, you know, who are you praying for consistently? But like, like is your walk with Jesus? Do you believe him when he says my yoke is easy and my burden is light? Because the first year of my church planning journey, I would have never said those were how I described my life. It was exhausting. It was on Sunday mornings. I was terrified to turn around right before preaching to see who was there. Um, it was stressful. It was always, are we going to make it? And I think I focused so much on my own energy of trying to make sure everything worked out. And I it really depleted my soul. Is that a good answer? Yep. I don't know. <laughs> no, that's, that's great, man. I mean, I, I, I think it's, it's so easy to, I mean, obviously there's a lot of strategy involved. There is. But it's so easy for us to trust the strategy instead right. of trusting, you know, the one who's given us the call and the mission to begin with. And so uh, making sure that our our, our vision is aligned with God. We're not trying to get God to catch a hold of our vision. Right. We're trying to see what he wants us to do. Right. It's huge. Totally. Yeah. And I think, um, I think it's important to actually like know that you're a church plant and be strategic about that, but always plan to not be a church plant. You know, like you, you're going to have to be a solid church eventually, you know? And so mm-hmm. like, you need to form these people. It's not just yeah. hurry up and get people in so we can be something like let's pour into who we have. And I love the church planning phase, even where I'm at right now with, you know, being a smaller church is I do have the ability to pour into people in a way that maybe I won't be able to in a few years because of just the size dynamics. So I'm learning to be yeah. thankful for it. And like the stuff we can do for new visitors right now is so fun because, you know, it's not like we have a ton. So we're able to kind of put a little more budget and really make it a special experience for them. You know, we're able to have yeah. parties where we all can be at one house and it's just a really fun community aspect. I never want that to be That's where awesome. now we can't grow beyond that, but it is like, okay, God, I'm going to enjoy this season of just having just this much right now. And I've seen, you know, my dad has, you know, as a church plant, he's gone, he once had like 500. And then with the economy collapsing, there was one Sunday in that summer, they had 47, they had to start over. And, um, honestly, and then he's back up, like they're running a thousand right now. And none of those numbers give you any joy, you know, like it it really is just walking Mm. with him and truly, you know, it's not about attendance. It like that sucks the life out of you fast. It, it, there's nothing special, you know, it's special because it's people, you know, that whole argument. And I get that. But like, if you put base your hope on that, I mean, that's, you're going to live a miserable life. Yeah. And, and I experienced that. I mean, we've only, this is only going to be our third social event this Sunday. So we haven't, you know, we're still a little ways out. Our first one, we had a uh, night of prayer and worship. We had over 30. Mm. And then the last one, the last one we had 12. So it's like, you know, it it can be, I'm so glad that that happened at the beginning though, Yeah, because it could be so easy to get caught up in the numbers game. Mm -hmm. And I mean, every single person who comes to, who is on this launch team and is there on opening Sunday, Mm -hmm. Lord willing, this church will last, will outlast all of them and, and myself. And so. Um, we can't just get focused on the numbers. Yeah. And I think, you know, the process of sanctification and the journey of following Jesus isn't always just straight up, you know, and I think it's helpful to remember that just in church planning that there's a lot of dips, but that's like for your own soul. It's just, there's so many other reasons. Like I just hate, I hate that the only stories we share are those who started and just blew up. You know, and so like yeah. I'm thankful that like, you know, we're vlogging the journey and hopefully you do just blow up, but it's going to be fun if you don't of just like, oh, like I think that's just as much life giving of just success after success after success. Yeah, <laughs> I went to a conference and uh, there there was a guy there who was talking about how um, how he was launched a church and then met someone and then all of a sudden he's standing before the pope. Yeah, right. And <laughs> you're like, okay, that's great, but 
that's not every story yeah exactly exactly so that was what's cool um i'm gonna wrap this up a little kind of soon but that's what was neat about like my dad's journey like it wasn't an overnight success it took it took 14 years to get a building you know um and so we were able to uh at their 10 year anniversary so this was in 2014 i i created a video i i still you know wasn't a vlogger or anything yet but um that was one of my first real video things and we went to each location but it was fun about that at the 10 year anniversary they didn't have a building yet and we made that to show okay here's where god here's all the ups and downs in our life and now and that was like my dad's like hey we need to go to the next level like we need to have a place called home like start giving to this and it's so fun now at the 15 year anniversary, we took those clips, but then showed us being at the building now and all this stuff, but just really showing that success isn't overnight. And it's just so funny that people, you know, that go to my dad's church today are like, oh yeah, like this was a place like this just boom overnight happened. And you know, we're all winners and it's just inspiring. Yeah. They're like, oh, like this took a lot of work. This took a lot of tears. <laughs> this took a lot. And, and, and I think there's there's a lot of parallels between YouTube and church planning when it comes to, you know, starting something from scratch. Mm. So there are a lot of parallels there. But at the same time, I think there's a lot of uh, differences because things happen a little faster on YouTube. Like, for example, uh, I, I honestly don't remember my first 500 subscribers. I wasn't trying to get subscribers. They just it was just boom, there's 500. And that's yeah. when I really started uh, the channel. It's not going to be like that with church planning. It's right. not like one day I'm just going to wake up and say, wow, there's 500 people here. Right. Um, but at the same time, there's there's strategy. And so there are a lot of parallels as well, I think. So. so true. And there's so much. Yeah. I mean, strategy is huge. But like, I'll end with this. I think I, I talked about this in a video, but like I'm trying to it's actually I think I, I even stole this from this cultural moment podcast. Maybe, maybe not. But like, I think the way to really live your life and to do ministry is it's like the Venn diagram of definitely culture. You have to know your culture when you're preaching. You have to speak into like, you know, the worldviews that we have. You need to understand the culture, what works, what doesn't work. Is a movie theater good for our area? You know, all those things. I think we have to be, you know, the, the leading people in knowing the culture um, at large and also our city's context. And then teaching is also huge where we need to teach the Bible. I mean, Alistair Begg, you've had quite the example growing up, you know, but like, <laughs> just faithful preaching of the word of God, you know, his word does not return void. But then the third part that I've been focusing on, I wish I focused on sooner was the practices, you know, so like really pushing in the disciplines, really um, just praying uh, just for an awakening, just this refreshed spirit of wanting to read your word, of wanting to pray, of wanting to fast, of wanting to rest, all these things. So like me as a leader now, I would say my biggest emphasis is knowing culture, getting strategy about all of that, teaching God's word, expositional preaching, being faithful with that, but also challenging our people to take, they don't have to go in the next stage of their Christian life, but just take the next step, you know, like what is the next thing Absolutely. and just enjoying and being an apprentice to Jesus. Absolutely, man. This is good. We'll have to do this again in a couple months. Yeah, like I told you, I'm assuming this will be part one of many because um, right. it'll be fun to talk through the journey. I just want to encourage you, man. I'm glad I'm not where you're at now. <laughs> like, you know, the whole 30 <laughs> and then 12 and like even last Sunday, you know, we're not killing it or whatever. I think, and I mean, in my eyes, we're killing it. Things have been going really great lately. Um, but I'm like, I remember praising God, just like a short breath prayer of like, God, thank you that I don't have to worry about turning around and seeing nobody. You know, like that's a nice <laughs> feeling that I know somebody's yeah. going to be behind me, right? But when the music stops and I'm coming up to preach, like this is just the little things of like, oh, <laughs> praise God. Yeah, that's so funny. You're the second person to tell me that. We have really, a, we have a not again, not to promote 
not to self promo on your on your Do podcast, it, but please, <laughs> we've got a we've got a podcast with the other uh, church planners oh, cool. uh, in our in our network, and so um, one of the things that one of them said on there is that the the same exact thing that he feel he felt like the biggest line to cross mm. was when he when he stopped wondering if anyone was going to show up. Yes, and that's a hard line said, to cross. But then he said you immediately go into the problem with or not problem, but then you go into the other uh, area of, okay, now what do I do with all these people? (laughs) That's so funny. (laughs) That's hilarious. So true. I'd rather deal with that problem, though. Um, Absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I don't know. I I guess I'll reserve these questions for later because, you know, because church planning make a big deal about it. But unless you're going to keep church planning, what you have to really learn is just how to pastor and be like a church Absolutely. leader, you know, unless you're going to be the one that raises up new leaders and goes to the next place. Uh, so there's a lot of, of stuff into that for sure. Um, Absolutely. so, uh, we'll just stop now because I do have to go somewhere else, but thank you for, Absolutely. uh, changing the schedule. I know we, anyways, we made it work. So boom. <laughs> no, this, this is good. This is good. Um, so where can my people find you? What do you got? You know, all that you're, the links to all the things like tell me where you're at yes uh so i mean the, the number one is is uh youtube so uh youtube.com slash chase jones 75 is my channel uh so you can find me there we're gonna we took a little break but we'll be back um if you're interested in following the progress with our uh with our church plant uh it's at chapel nordonia on every single platform and so that's where we are cool uh that's n-o-r D-I-N-A, I had to think for a second. Nice. <laughs> and then our uh, our church planning podcast is called Chin Up Church Planner. And so that's uh Oh cool. That's where that's where we are. Right on. Well, if I have a better memory, I'll make sure to find all that and then put it in like the description below. I will say in the description there. already is uh Chase's YouTube channel. So go um just go click on the description and you can go subscribe to him. He was one of the first, honestly. Chase is a, I, I love his uh style of vlogging. I love his especially his, he's really good at the talking head videos of just talking about important subjects. Chase, I know you're going to be an incredible <laughs> pastor. Um you're a great teacher. I already know from that and so I'm encouraged. I'm excited to uh continue to you know keep up with you on the progress. I'm just I just know there's a lot of blessings ahead of you and your church. And uh, if you ever want to cry, hit me up. I, uh, I'll cry with you. I think we'll, we'll always Absolutely. have something like this stinks. <laughs> I have a few of those pastor friends and they're, they're and, the best. And if I'm ever, uh, in Arizona, I'll have to bring my drone and we'll fly some drones together. Yes. Yes. Cause I'll never be in Ohio. So, 